0: They're doing this, like, urinal gag where where Alec Baldwin is just farting the entire time he's at the urinal. You don't have to do that. That, that doesn't make it funnier. I mean, we're laughing about it now just because it's fucking ridiculous. But I didn't think it was fu- Shut up, David. I didn't think it was fu- Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David, and today I finally watched Along Came Polly. So I think I really lowered your expectations of this movie by telling you that it's a fucking piece of shit and I hate it. Um, but but uh, backstory here is I saw this movie in theaters, I think, when I was like 13 years old, and a lot of jokes went over my head, obviously. Um, And watching it now, I still don't think it's that great of a comedy, but it is way funnier um, than what I originally thought. And that's due to two things. One, I understand more of the jokes. And two, I think my my comedy taste has gone down as I've gotten older. So, So I think a lot of stupid shit is funnier nowadays but uh, i am way more interested to uh hear what you thought of *Long came Polly*. i
1: was pleasantly surprised at how much i liked it um i obviously heard about this movie um when it came out and i made the choice to not go see it um And I lived with that for 17 years pretty easily. 18 years now at this point. But I think think you're okay. So this was my idea to watch this. And it's only because Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. And I was like, I have to watch it. um, Because I think he's hilarious. And I think at this point, you know, the latter half of his career was mostly serious. So it's like, you can... I think you can forget sometimes how funny he is. And this may be one of his
0: like funniest performances. Oh, it's definitely one of his funniest performances. I actually like how we got to watching this because you asked me, did I watch this movie? And I said, yes. And you go, great. We should do it. So even though it's my, I finally watched movie, you call the shots on this episode.
1: Well, yeah, but then we're doing Friday night lights next. So it evens out fairly quickly. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, this movie, I was surprised at liking it, but there are definitely a lot of parts in it where I'm just like, that's not funny. That's formulaic. That's really not funny and somewhat offensive. Right. But I guess it's purposely being offensive. Um, But in its offensiveness, it's not even funny. So you missed twice. Um, But otherwise... Otherwise I thought it was pretty good. Like I, um, I mean, it made me laugh. I told you in the first two minutes, I like laughed out loud several times and I laughed out loud a ton watching this movie.
0: Yeah, me, me too. Um, I, and I was surprised and I, and like I said, I think the jokes are better now that I can actually understand a majority of them. When you say comedy that's offensive and that's not even funny for being offensive, it's, kind of surreal to watch a comedy made in the early 2000s versus a comedy made now because i feel like the big studios always kind of walk on eggshells and and you know there's certain things you can't um be that offensive anymore with and so when you watch a comedy made in the early 2000s some of these jokes are genuinely shocking i'm like wow Like, I just don't hear this kind of humor nowadays. Sometimes that's good. Other times, I think you can actually be funny and offensive. But I agree with you. This movie missed the mark on a lot of those kind of jokes.
1: I imagine the thing most offensive to you is Hank Azaria's fake French accent, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, He... (laughs) He's one of my favorite characters. I mean, yes, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. And, and I wish there was more of, of him in the movie, but cloud, Claude, Claude is great.
1: He's top three for me. He's third. Cause you also got to put Alec Baldwin in there. We needed more Alec Baldwin, Philip Seymour Hoffman scenes together. We only got one at the very end. And we just needed more of both of those in general, and I think that would have made the movie a lot better now The problem is like Ben Stiller is just playing a completely straight role, and also like to get into the movie, this starts at like Ben Stiller's wedding, and I feel like that's like fifty percent of Ben Stiller movies is just like him playing this straight guy at a wedding and it not working out like I mean it just the feels, Foggers, like, such a yeah or no, like, such there. a like quintessential fucking Ben Stiller role, which is it's funny how much he plays just like the straight guy yeah when he is like so good at the other stuff
0: because when you have a movie like zoolander i think those sorts of films he really shines in. or dodgeball oh god i love dodgeball um but like
1: this this also reminded me a little bit of like the heartbreak kid which i haven't even seen but it's like i think it's like a very similar I like bought it to watch it, and then I like saw a, a little like a few scenes of it on TV. And I
0: was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna like that movie at all." I just I just want to say real quick, even though I said I love Dodgeball, I still hate Vince Vaughn in that movie. Um, but <laughs> beyond that, the the fact that he plays a character who deals with life insurance and kind of a, a risk assessment guy. So his whole shtick, right? His character shtick is that he lives very carefully because he knows the st- the statistical per- like uh rate of, ability, of, 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 of how you die death. in different things. Right. Yes. I think if they were gonna do that, here's my biggest problem with the movie. If they were going to do that, they should have gone a hundred and ten percent with that for his character. And for Polly being this like eccentric, go with the wind kind of gal, they should have went hundred and ten percent. Like turn the dial to eleven on both of those characters. But the fact that they were played so normal, it, I, I just felt like at times it was too boring.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Is I actually could not disagree with you more on the point you just made, and when I when I started this movie, I was like, Oh yeah. I remember like the trailers for this. Cause I remember the Indian food scene. I remember the dude playing basketball who like rubs his sweat all over Ben Stiller. And like, I remember the, I think even maybe the peanut thing. So I remember this being like very about how much of a warrior he was. And there's probably even some voiceover that was like, Ben Stiller is a warrior." Uh da da Polly is gonna come into his life and she is a free spirit. And like, but I think they're a lot more subtle than that with it. And I do like too throughout the movie, you see these subtle changes, but they're not really spelled out, you know what I mean? Like her using the thing to find her keys, or him like wanting to take salsa. I think it's like a more natural progression, and I think it was like a little bit more true to life you know what i mean that they they weren't caricatures so i actually like that but see, I, I was like, like oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna say because i i i knew what this was supposed to be about but i was like oh man they really haven't got into like how much of a worrier he is you know they're just like he's like oh hey can you put your shirt back onto the guy at basketball and it's like i would fucking want that guy to put a shirt back everyone wants that guy to put his shirt back on just to let you know guy um, and then the, uh, the Indian food, it's like, he has IBS. He can't control that. That doesn't make him like a nervous, worried person. You know what I mean? It
0: just, he has a thing that makes him poop out spicy foods, you know? But see, I think they should have, cause, cause like IBS can, can be, um, not activated. <laughs> That's dumb, but like more of a worse thing when you are an anxious person. And I, f- I feel like they could have done something with that like put up his anxiety to make everything in his life just constantly more worse. Um, I do love, but okay. So you're not, I understand what you're saying, but I think that would have worked if all the other characters were also subtle and they are not like you have the billionaire. That's like a caricature of himself. Alec Baldwin's character is kind of a caricature of himself to a certain point, even though he's great. Philip Seymour Hoffman is a character. Claude, the scuba diver, is a giant uh, caricature of of that character. So you have these extreme side characters and these really subtle main characters. And I just think the balance is off.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. Especially considering what I was expecting. I was like, oh, wow, they've really made this a lot more subtle than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman so, falling in the first minute of this movie.
0: Yeah. I, hilarious. I, okay. So I think that's one thing that I want to talk about is the humor in this is that even though there are really smart jokes, there are like fart jokes and poop jokes and flatulent, uh, flatulence, um vomiting jokes. And then there's like um, just falling uh, slapstick comedy all throughout this movie. And I think most of it, really fails and it's more the wittier humor that i, I feel funny is funnier but <laughs> him fucking falling i totally agree with you just right off the bat
1: it, it was out of, it was completely out of nowhere not expected but then right after that the guy in the kitchen who's like oh you're that kid from crocodile tears and he's like oh, thanks do you want an autograph he's like uh no thanks i thought you died <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah That (laughs) Uh, and then Alec Baldwin's speech at the wedding. Which why is your boss giving a speech? But he's like, don't tire out too much. tire him out too much of the wedding as he's like, (laughs) falashing a microphone with his hands. (laughs) Just like,
0: I uh, thought it was very odd that. Well, like, I think when I watched this, when I was like, I said thirteen, but I'm pretty sure I was eleven. Not understanding like the dynamic between employee and boss. It is very weird that your boss is giving a speech at your wedding, unless he's like your best friend or something like that. But they are not; he is not. It's, yeah, I don't know what was up with that. So, yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Um, but then very quickly he they go on the honeymoon, and <laughs> it's funny seeing like Deborah Messing in that role, because like no offense to Deborah Messing, but she's like not, she's not usually put in the like in the role of someone who's going to be there the whole time so when you see her in the beginning of the movie even if you didn't know anything about this you're like oh they're not gonna stay together like that's not gonna be the main shake he goes after
0: well first of all her name's lisa in the movie and not polly so that's a big giveaway and another thing is too true and another thing is too is that when the scuba diver is taking her away and her and ben stiller keep saying to each other i love you honey i'll see you soon oh, I can't wait to, to see. You got to tell me all about it. I'll be here at five o'clock. All right. Or, you know, whatever they say. You really either think that she's going to cheat on him with the scuba diver, which she does, or she's going to fucking die. Um, and, uh, and I kind of like how they keep that up in the air for you. Yeah, I mean, I assumed she was going to cheat on him, but
1: I also think I had seen that scene for some reason. Um, I do also find it hilarious that he's like, all right, you you know, don't come back and try and get me again because it's not going to happen. And then, like, Hank is, he crashes the car, so Hank Azaria has to take him to the airport
0: Yeah, on a Vespa. Yeah. Uh, are we not even going to talk about how Cloud is butt-ass naked when he first walks up to them? Now, I mean that's one of those jokes that I'm just like
1: I was like, ah, oh, I get what they're going for here and then they do the callback in the end, but it was like no eh, one didn't wasn't wasn't much for me. Um I think afterwards when he gets back to though, one of the worst parts of this would be everyone knowing and feeling sorry for you, so it's like even harder to get over. Yeah. It's like everyone at the office like treating you like you're uh
0: Like they have to walk on eggshells around you? One of the funniest jokes I thought was an um, auditory one. So when he's walking through the office and he's like all the way down the hallway, um, everyone's staring at him from from behind him and it's dead silent. As soon as he turns around, everyone acts normal, but then the phones start ringing. So it's like the other people on the other side of the line (laughs) stopped calling for that second. And then I just thought that was like either horribly done or very well done. But I'm taking it as a. That's a very well done.
1: And then Alec Baldwin coming in. I knew that girl was a slut the second I met her. He's like, well, it's actually much more complicated. She's a dime store hooker.
0: (laughs) He's great. See, that's the thing. Everything he was saying was great, right? Like funny as shit. But they're doing this like urinal gag where (laughs) where Alec Baldwin is just farting the entire time. He's at the urinal. You don't have to do that. that. That doesn't make it funnier. I mean, we're laughing about it now just because it's fucking ridiculous. But I didn't think it was fu- Shut up, David. I didn't think it was fun. Oh God.
1: <laughs> I God. Um, after this, <laughs> Seymour Hoffman comes over with the E! True Hollywood crew. And I do like how they don't explain to you that he's actually not that famous, but you can just sort of tell, right? right and then it like slowly builds and it comes out at the end did you notice a uh, a very young kevin
0: hart yes i did you know why i noticed because i have eyes and it looked like him and sounded exactly like him
1: well in the first time i recognized it as soon as he talked and you only see the back of his head but, but and then you get to see him later on the movie but he looked so young yeah
0: so young in this it's it's um, it's weird seeing such a famous actor nowadays to have such a minimal role. Right.
1: Yeah. When you, especially like something you hadn't seen, you're just like, Oh shit,
0: look at that. I mean, that was
1: like, we just did a time to kill and Octavia Spencer's role is so tiny in it that I didn't realize it was her until I read about it after we, you know, after I watched the movie this time I've seen that movie forever. Yeah. Um, I do like too how he pauses the video to show. And like you could, like, you can kind of tell during the wedding that maybe something was off, but, um, or maybe it's just because you know where this movie's going. But the way he pauses the video, he's like, look, she's just so scared, just run around." run. He's like, she, she's happy. She's like, no, I'm an actor. Yeah. I can she, tell.
0: She's smiling.
1: <laughs> her face, yeah. her eyes were like bugged out. Yeah. So they go to this Dutch artist party and. I thought those at first were like bunny dicks because they just showed it from like the, like from midway up, but I guess they're bunny heads on legs. So I was like, why are there bunny dicks everywhere?
0: I mean, see, that's the thing. Bunny dicks would have been way funnier, but that's, that's okay. Well, this, they didn't take it far enough. If you're saying. Uh, true. Um, I love it when he bumps into one and it lands perfectly on like, I guess another art piece that's just like a pink cushion. I don't know what that was. And he like picks it up and he like a waiter comes over to tries to help him. He's like, "No, I'm I'm good." <laughs> um so this is where he meets Polly. Another great Philip Seymour hoppin joke is um Ben Stiller saying, "All right, I haven't I haven't done this in a while. I haven't gone out in a in a bit. Um you're you're going to stay with me." He's like, "Ah, oh, no, don't worry, buddy. I'm going to be with you the entire time." And the camera just this this little pan over and he's gone yeah i mean that one's like so telegraphed though that you have to know it's
1: coming um i also because i had known about this part i think someone had told i think my dad has seen this movie and found this part hilarious when philip seymour Hoffman's like i sharted he's like i don't i don't even know what that means i tried to fart a little and shark shit came out so uh, we need to get out of here right now <laughs> and he waddles to the elevator Everyone knows what sharding is. I don't think this movie had to tell you that, but maybe so.
0: Did they in 2004?
1: The other great scene in this movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman is Philip Seymour Hoffman playing basketball, which happens next. Oh.
0: Oh, it's... Raindrop! (laughs) Make it a rainmaker! The (laughs) rainmaker!
1: Oh, it's so good. He is just so fucking amazing in this um and then you have the sweaty guy come down on his face
0: which is disgusting um and the way they did it too like they shot it in slow motion and like just the sweat and the spit coming off of his lips oh um and then the next
1: scene is something very similar to one of your favorite movies
0: hmm okay what do you swingers He calls,
1: gets the answering machine. He calls and gets her. He hangs up because he can't handle it. And then she calls him immediately back, which, by the way, if he has caller ID, you would think she might have it, too. So she just saw his name on there. But she calls back, and he's like, oh, shit. And then the voice, the answering machine goes, and he's like, oh, crap. And you're like, well, why is he that concerned? Like, she already kind of knows. But then, like, uh, oh, Lisa's not here, too? And he's like, oh, that's why he's so, like, needs to get that off of there.
0: Yeah, um, although now I have a question. Does pulling your answering machine out of the wall and smashing it on the ground stop the other person from listening it to through? Uh,
1: yeah, I think for an answering machine, it would. I don't, you know, voicemail now, no. Probably not, right. Um. So then he like stalks her a little bit and goes to her apartment. Um, and she says no to a date. But then she says yes and no and yes and no. Um, I was wondering what that joke was
0: that it was kind of getting to, but it never got to it.
1: I think it was just because she's like flaky and she doesn't make, you know, she doesn't commit. That was the joke. Oh. I thought she was doing some sort of mind thing to him, like to fuck with him. Um, But uh, yeah, no, no. it was just because that's her character, I guess. That part lands a little flat. And then next, um, He's like, oh, she's picking the restaurant. Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, oh, you can't let her do that. What if she picks ethnic food with your IBS? And I was like, you probably wouldn't describe it as ethnic food in
0: 2021.
1: <laughs> You'd probably be like, what if she picks someplace spicy? Because um, anyway, what he was referring to is spicy you, places.
0: You might be right. But I think maybe specifically Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in this movie would have said ethnic, whether it was made now or 2004. It just That's seems like that kind of character. That, that is
1: also true um i do love philip seymour hoffman we're just gonna praise everything he does in this but i know it's your song but i just felt something and i decided to go with it <laughs> talking to the guy who's playing jesus in the play
0: do you know the guy playing jesus in the play is hero from heroes i do yeah and i did um the that's one of the funniest things too is because when he mentioned i think to polly or someone that he was playing he's like oh i'm the lead in in jesus christ superstar i was like did he just lie about that and then he, he is in jesus christ superstar i was like oh shit but he's playing judas and then it, at the end of the movie is like he he's like i am now going to be playing both judas and jesus I the uh, the payoff for that too with Ben Stiller's dad is really funny.
1: Um, he also tells Ben Stiller like, oh, you haven't had sex in a while so you got to spank him and uh, say, call me daddy. Yeah. Uh, like, is and Ben Stiller's like,
0: well. I, I, don't, I don't think I should. I don't think that's a good idea. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is just so reassuring. Like, no, this is like the day and age. Like, this is what they expect. You have to do it. It's like a ne- necessity thing. Oh, my God. And the but payoff the payoff, the payoff when he's like, oh, did
1: you do it? Yeah, I don't think she liked it. Oh, yeah, some women find that offensive. It's like that that joke right there is a very obvious joke. And it's all about the delivery. And his delivery in everything he does in this movie is perfect. So Perfectly you know, you, comedically timed.
0: You were saying in his later career, he, he's done things really serious. But... Well, you know, he did The Master. I feel like in everything else that I've seen him in, Twister, Punch Drunk Love, um, Boogie Nights, he is the comedic re- comedy relief character in almost all of those movies. Even in Boogie Nights, it's comedy, but it's like this depressing comedy, you know? But still...
1: After Along Came Polly, he did. Capote, Mission Impossible 3, The Savages, which is kind of comedy. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which is serious as fucking can be. Charlie Wilson's War, a little bit comedic. Synecdoche, Doubt, um, The Boat That Rocked, which is an episode we will do. But then, Ides of March, Moneyball, The Master, um, and The Hunger Games movies, and A Most Wanted Man. So, there wasn't a lot of comedy in his last few movies he did.
0: Apart from The Master, I have seen none of those. So I'm a horrible judge. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually, dude. I've heard great things about Sennetiki and I, I, I really do want to do that movie for an episode. That'll be a tough one to talk about. Probably.
1: So then he goes to the restaurant, which is just like a scene that's all in the trailer. But I love when he goes into the bathroom and the dude from the stall, I'm going to be in here all night, dude.
0: i i I, and again philip see more often but he's like what's the name of the restaurant he's like no it's it's fine it's what's the name of the restaurant it's like al hafa
1: (laughs) yeah um and then we get the classic uh pooping in the apartment scene um where he is destroying her bathroom what's have you ever had have you ever had that happen no have you bathroom. ever had you have yeah i was like at someone's i was at like this girl's house that i liked and my stomach was really hurting and <laughs> she was like she got a call and she was like oh the reception doesn't work right here i'm gonna go out front to take this call because it was like family member i was like okay i'm gonna use your bathroom and thank god it was a long call because i fucking destroyed that
0: bathroom. <laughs> oh my god um So it wasn't a girl that I liked, but I was in college and, you know, I went to film school. So we were shooting a movie in a mansion. And I was like, I really need to shit. And so I use the bathroom that I swear they told me I could use. (laughs) And I use the bathroom and I flush. And as I'm washing my hands, I look over. And the toilet is overflowing. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, I've had this happen before. I know what to do. Go immediately and turn off the water, right? So the water is at the edge, like at the edge of the toilet bowl. And there is no plunger. So I have to go around the entire mansion and and look in every bathroom for a plunger no plunger have to ask the woman of the house for a plunger because i just fucked up her toilet it was one of the most embarrassing things and (laughs) it was not a girl i liked so that was the good part about that
1: yeah well slightly different but also amazing um So then you think, oh, things are going to be over there (laughs) at the end. uh, I'm sorry I used your grandma's decorative towel. I wouldn't have, you know, had I known. But one of the most subtle jokes in this movie, to me at least, um, probably everyone noticed it. He, as as he finds there's no toilet paper, does a quick look at the ferret and like considers it for a second. I thought
0: that was great. When I was re-watching this, I remember the first time I watched this and I really thought he used the ferret. Luckily he had some restraint. Although the ferrets are really smart thing to use, right? Because you use the ferret and then you just immediately bathe the ferret in the shower. Right. And that's why you turn on the shower. Like the ferret, you have
1: to knock something over of hers, right? You got to find something, right? Some liquid and be like your blind ferret. Yes. Knocked this on himself. Oh man, it's brilliant! Thank you. Well done. Um, so the next scene I want to talk about is when the parents show up at the same Indian restaurant as them, and this is the joke that I think lands the poorest somewhat offensive, it probably offensive and but just not funny is when she calls the Indian guy at the the waiter. uh, She's like, uh, she calls him a Native American,
0: right? And then still is like, you can call them
1: Indian, they are from India. And then, like, speaks to him, like, in a stereotypical, how you would think. Can you understand it, like... me sort of way, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it just wasn't, It just, like, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> it,
0: it it wasn't that funny, but I think his response was the punchline that I was looking for when he just replies with, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. It just wasn't, you know, I was like. And I wasn't, I don't even think it's that. I think the point of it is making fun of that character is being stupid um, because she does some other stupid stuff, but it's like, I just don't think, I think it's one of those things that just d- didn't land at all. I and mean, like, I was like,
0: probably land in 2004. Not really going to land with us. I agree.
1: Um, and then the mom spills the beans about Lisa. And this is when Polly finds out <laughs> afterwards. She's like, well, so how long ago did you guys, you know, did this happen? He's like, two weeks ago which is
0: like what the hell yeah another spill the bean moment is like she's like i didn't expect to see you here you hate spicy food and he's like oh fuck like he he's destroyed at this point you know so
1: they next go to salsa he's a horrible dancer as am i and a guy comes up a very a very sexy sensual man named juan and asks if he can dance with her. And they are dancing in a very sensual way. Um, I thought it was really awkward when he tried to say goodbye. And um, in that situation, I probably would have just
0: ghosted. <laughs> he's too polite for that, David. Um, I also like how he's trying to get away from the dance floor, and all the women's hairs, uh, hair is, like, hitting him in the face. And yeah. the sound effect for that that they use is just... <laughs> you know and
1: then he says he doesn't think things are gonna work out well i mean he turns out to be right here because if he had ghosted he wouldn't have gotten the sex with her but she he says you know i don't like risk and i don't think this will work out so that immediately makes her want to take him back and bone him because i guess this makes sense now she doesn't like commitment so she's like oh this guy just wants to bone me great yeah and I, I do love, as he's having sex with her, he's like, oh, this is awesome. But wait, I'm going to finish. And starts counting and then screams 50. And I love when she goes up to her friend and, uh, Dude, have you ever had a guy scream 50 when he climaxes? And she's like, yeah, all the time. <laughs>
0: uh, I love how into it she is too. He's like 50. And she's like, yeah, 50. <laughs> uh,
1: and then we go back to his place. And I have to ask you: Do you make your bed every day? Oh, hell no. I don't like. That's one of those things. Is like, as an adult, it's just like I'm never going to do it. I don't even know how I'm going to instill that lesson in my child because, like, I probably won't. Because I'm not going to clean. I'm not going to make my bed in order to set a good example. So,
0: I, I mean, it depends on the on the like degree. Like, do you have 93 throw pillows? No, but like, would you just move your duvet up? Maybe you know.
1: I have a duvet.
0: Oh, I have a duvet.
1: We each have our own blankets because we steal blankets from each other. So we each have our own blankets and two pillows each, and that's it. It's purely decorative. <laughs> I do, love, do you know how much time I waste with these pillows? Eight minutes a day.
0: <laughs> First of all, it, he's doing something wrong if it takes you eight minutes to take off some throw pillows, you know? Yeah, that's like 30 seconds. I...
1: So they go back to Salsa, and when he goes and confronts Juan, I was like, why the fuck is he doing this? First of all, Ruby Tuesday, love that nickname. Fucking great. But he, he's yelling it at Javier. Is it Javier or Juan? I wrote down Javier, but now I don't know.
0: Oh, shit. I don't know. Let's just call, call him it. sexy Latin man. It's Javier.
1: Okay. I called him Juan earlier. My mistake. You did? Um, but I, he's yelling at him, and he's like, I'm gay. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm...
0: I'm homosexual. He's like, oh, can you give me salsa lessons? And then he does, which is probably the thing you don't see coming like the most. I
1: would agree. Um, I thought the fake children's book with the kid's arm blown off. She's like, yeah, it's to teach kids to be careful when they play with
0: fireworks. Yes, yes, I, I understand that. But he has a nub. Um you know, honestly, those drawings are amazing.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been a good like I thought it was actually gonna play out where she ends up selling it as like a joke book for adults. Oh. I don't think it even ever comes back. It doesn't. No. Yeah, no. This movie's a tight ninety minutes with uh with the credits at the end, so they don't have time for that. Um The racquetball scene's pretty funny. Um, It's a lot more wild than I've ever seen racquetball be. Uh, And then I do like the don't eat the free nuts thing because that's actually like very solid advice that she makes fun of him for. But yeah, I would never eat those
0: free nuts. Nope. Nope. Not in a million years. Um, And it is solid advice, isn't it? I just don't understand. I guess it's just the character or whatever. But
1: yeah, I do like afterwards. She's like, I can't believe you ate the nuts. I made such a compelling argument.
0: Uh, okay, so we at this point, let me see. He's doing the risk assessment for the billionaire dude, right? Oh, he brings her to work, right? I like that look where he, um, like she's walking down the hallway, um, to his work to meet him for lunch or whatever, and there's like this woman in like a beige suit. And like fucking judges her for i don't know looking being different being colorful right um and then this is the scene where he explains to her about the risk right program thing
1: yeah and then i don't know i don't remember where that exactly happened. i didn't write it down i didn't feel like it was that important but right after the racquetball and after and around this time he uh he goes to the dance, he goes, he takes her to salsa mm-hmm. and like has put into practice, like all the all the practice he's now put in. He like shows her. And uh she doesn't seem to be into it for like most of it because he's he's dancing pretty crazy. It
0: confused me because he he's still bad. He's just he bad is. with more confidence, right? And Maybe that's just what dancing is. But the the thing is, though, is that I thought there was going to be a, a part of the movie where Javier is like, I'm not gay. I love her. And I just like fucking made a fool out of you or something like that. But I guess he's supposed to be good because everyone else seems really impressed by him. Well, towards the end, she was too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty not great the the reason that i mentioned him introducing her to the risk program thing was because that is the setup her knowing about that is the setup to the end of the movie
1: right yeah well and this is where deborah messing shows back up and you i think you know from the get-go that she's going to show back up but uh he's like oh i'm not going to get back with you this is my girlfriend and she's like i'm not your girlfriend i don't know i don't know what we are Um, And she kind of wants to back off and let the marriage happen. But he's like, you know, no, I still want you to come on the boat with me. To Nantucket. Um, Yeah. I do like when they're having that call and like, she's clearly like serving at someone's house and the woman walks into the room and she's like, I'm on the phone right now. If you guys wouldn't mind keeping it down for a little bit. She's using (laughs) their landline. Yeah. Um, I do also, there's like a quick moment when he's talking with Philip Seymour Hoffman about which one, and he's running the program. And Polly's somehow the safer choice. Um, There's like a poster of Philip Seymour Hoffman in like a Breakfast Club ripoff, like on his wall.
0: That's Crocodile Tears? Yeah, that was great. It was great. It didn't even make sense. Like, why is it a Breakfast Club ripoff? Why is it called Crocodile Tears? And why is the people they picked to parody Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez, and Molly Ringwald, like so perfect? I don't know
1: um after this they go to the nantucket thing this whole scene's really great i do love all the stuff the billionaire is doing on top of the boat he's like a lot more subtle than i would have expected in most parts this part being like obviously he does the base jumping and then he's like bleeding and pulls out the tooth so i guess not that subtle but this (laughs) scene on top of the boat i think is really great as like they're having the the
0: serious argument down below I like the juxtaposition of him being like, um, oh, this is gonna be a doozy. And then it cuts to them like arguing. Um, you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's like the self-commentary.
1: Um, so this ends with her basically being like, you know what, I'm gonna make it easy for you. You should go back to Lisa, cause I'm done with you. Um, and he tries to call her back many times. But then he goes to the play and Javier's there and then Lisa walks up and he's like, Oh, Javier, this is my wife. And he's like,
0: what the fuck? Why is he there? He knows. Oh, he knows his boyfriend is the keyboard. Right. Keyboardist. That's not the word. Maybe his. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe his boyfriend's name is Juan. And that's
1: why I was getting confused earlier. Um, yeah, and then this is the part you're talking about where he's like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, I'm going to, I'm being doing dual roles tonight. I'm playing
0: Judas and Jesus. And then there's the fight in the back.
1: Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Um, this is the scene where you were talking about where we get this great payoff of Ben Stiller's characters. God, what's his name? Rudy? Um, Irving? No, his Ben Stiller's Ruben? character. Ruben, Ruben ruby tuesday yeah yeah yeah. uh ruben's dad doesn't speak through the whole movie i mean we only see him like twice uh right but he finally gives this huge monologue to uh philip seymour hoppin about you know how he did one show a million years ago he can't think he's that great blah, Blah 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 and you know you just gotta what was the advice? Cause it instilled something within Ben Stiller, right? It it's was like
1: live life, live in the moment and let it take you where it does. Basically. Oh yeah, Don't a... ponder
0: on the past move on. Yeah. Similar to like outsiders advice. Huh?
1: It could. Um, that's cause it's just normal advice. <laughs> uh, then love after this, the so Stiller says, you know, at least the fuck off, you cheated on me. And then as he's running out, Philip Zimmerhoff is like, oh, dude, that was so awesome. He's like, you told me to get back with her. And he's like, Yeah, don't ever listen to my advice ever again. (laughs) And then tells him that the E-True Hollywood story is fake and he's like paying for it himself. Uh. And then we get one of the greatest scenes. On paper, it's the greatest scene because you have Philip Seymour Hoffman and Alec Baldwin. I think execution-wise, it wasn't as great as some other stuff in there. Right. But when he's like, I'm sorry, what, you're going to be his proxy for this? And, And Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, yeah, if you could be quiet, I am really trying to prepare right now. Taking it on like an acting role. So And great. then I lost it when he started clearing his throat. <laughs>
0: like absolutely lost it. It's 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 one of the funniest. It's funny cuz it's like the first 2 minutes with uh, Philip Seymour It's just fucking funny and then the the last scene of the movie with him is hilarious. He's um, sexually
1: active In In the the community. community. (laughs) (laughs) On paper, he's one of the riskiest sons of bitches alive. But you have to look into your hearts. (laughs) And the guy's just like,
0: are you the guy from Crocodile Tears? (laughs) Yes. I knew it. Yes, I am. We'll Um, insure him. I I also fucking love the... (laughs) Sorry, I'm losing it. The... uh volcano losing (laughs) deep sea diving sure you know
1: uh, as alec baldwin's like pounding (laughs) pills in the back of the room like oh my god this is hands covering his fucking face uh and then the last funny thing is so she comes back for the reunion because she forgot her ferret and he's like i'll what do i have to do to prove to you and he goes and grabs nut from nuts from the vendor she's like those are clean and he has the vendor with his dirty gloves stick it in the nuts, ruining all of the nuts. Right, yes, yes. And then he walks
0: over and drops them on the ground. She's just like, oh no. <laughs> and then takes one and digs it into the cement like fucking chalk. Uh. <laughs> in the background, the nut guy, please don't eat those.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so they get
1: together. Yep. And then they go on vacation and uh, they're not married. They're taking it one day at a time. And I love seeing uh, Hank Azaria there. Are You You are for the scuba? Uh, yes, we are for the scuba, but not with you. As long as you're for the scuba, I don't care.
0: There is, there is one scene that we kind of skipped over and that's just where they were stabbing the pillows, the pillows. with the knife and he goes too deep and she's like... <gasps> You hit mattress. That was good.
1: We also get the payoff at the end where Ben Stiller's now naked, because I guess he's just been changed. I, I do think that the the subtlety of like the way they showed them changing, it's fairly obvious, but it's not done in like a showy, obvious way. I thought that part was well done for this type of movie.
0: Yeah, I um, agree.
1: So I think, you know, having said that though, if you had them be more caricatures than it obviously would have been more showy when they made changes. But overall I was pleasantly surprised how much I liked this movie.
0: Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised how much I liked this movie. Honestly. Um, I I'm just, I'm glad that you made me revisit this movie because uh, because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love the men. well, Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan, And this is David. And I
1: finally watched Along Came Polly.